The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We are thrilled to have you here today. I would love to say it's an eve, but it's not really an eve today. We're we're off cycle just a little bit. It's two day. It's two days post Fourth of July Eve. Thank you. We got to try to figure out a way to get that in. If you don't know what we're talking about, we encourage we're you. We're happy to, the day after the Fourth of July. That's true, but we got to get eve in there somehow. Stay with us, Dennis. We're okay, on the I'm eve trying thing. to keep okay. up with that eve thing. If you don't know what we're talking about, we try to reference that. So go back and listen to some podcasts at masculinejourneyradio.org. And listen to some of those. And we do have other things on those podcasts other than joking. Yeah. But uh, we love to have some fun. And we are talking about a topic today that uh, is not necessarily a joking matter. No. No. It's, it's one that is very, very sad in a lot of ways. And, and if you're already sad, don't tune out. There's hope. You know, at the end <laughs> yes. of this, we promise there is hope. But first, you know, we really got to look at what is the problem that's being dealt with. And the topic we're talking about today, Robbie, is what? Well, it's not a word, but I like trying to say it. Fatherlessness. Yeah, you got to put that <laughs> little dash yeah. thing in there so it doesn't autocorrect you. But really, it is. It's it's being fatherless, right? And, and what does that really do? What does that do to an individual? What's that do to a culture? Mm. You know, it, it is a huge problem here in the United States. You know, we were reading through some of the statistics, and I know each one of us have some statistics that jumped out at us for different reasons, and. We really didn't talk about ahead of time who's going to talk about what. Just really, really were, was God leading you? And some of the mm-hmm. statistics were just startling. And one of the things that, that really hit me was that um, 63% of all youth that commit suicide come from a fatherless home. You know, being a father of a youth, mm-hmm. man, I am so sad about that, that, you know, that if if that thing would change, that number would definitely be less. I mean, would it be zero? You know, probably not. But definitely it would be less than that. 75% of adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes along the same lines there. Uh, Such a prevalence of of, uh, making making these kind of choices, dropping out from school, ending up addicted to something, uh, ending up... uh, getting getting someone pregnant so many things that go on today when i went through um, the training to be a foster parent they went through why children run away you know that usually with a foster child it's very 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 common for them to run away because running away is one way that a child will attempt to take control of a situation he has no control over he or she may have no control over this statistic will grab you 90 percent of all runaway children are from homeless are from fatherless homes 90 percent you know that leaves like 10 percent uh that's a a horribly frightening statistic when that's what would we figure 43 percent of the kids growing up today are from fatherless homes so that's twice the number of of kids that are homeless Mm -hmm. yeah you know almost every other home you know just under that is a fatherless home in our society and it's not just here we have statistics for here, but it is a problem in many other cultures as well. And it's not a random thing. 
It, oh, it, no, we have an enemy that had that pretty much in mind from the beginning, right? Sam? We did. It, it was a very calculated move. And, and part of that was to hear things like you're going to hear in this next clip to, to get to that. But there's a bigger reason why he had in mind of why he wanted us to have fatherless homes. You know, part of that was for the pain that it creates. We're going to listen to, honestly, I'll say a show that I don't watch, uh, a clip from Dr. Phil. You can love, hate him, whatever you feel about Dr. Phil, and whether he helps or he doesn't. But this clip is one I came across that really just kind of spoke to me in a lot of different ways. And we're going to listen to it. And it's, he's talking to a young lady that grew up fatherless and what that did to her, in her eyes anyway. And so we're going to listen to it, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Anyway, we'll go back to some more statistics on some of the statistics. Uh, sad, nothing to laugh at. Think about your experiences here, and I know that some of this is hard to talk about, but you're willing to talk about it now that it is behind you at least. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, 14 years old, just started high school, freshman in high school, and uh, before I even know, knew what innocence was, I, I lost it. Um, I had been seeking for love in all the wrong places um, because my dad had left at a young age, and so... As soon as a boy told me he loved me, that was all I needed. That was before freshman prom even. That was before prom. And so, um, you know, it just kind of was a trickle-down effect once I gave my body away, and I thought that that was the cool thing to do. Like all these girls are saying, everybody's doing it. That's what we're told is okay. Um, and that's what will make you popular and feel beautiful, giving your body away in such a way. And... Um, Oh, it destroyed me. Over the years, it just progressed to other things because I was not satisfied. Um, nothing could satisfy me after that. So by the time I hit my senior year of high school, I'd gotten into a lot of alcohol, binge drinking. Um, then I got into cocaine uh, because that was also now what our parties were consumed of. Um, and this was an upper-scale school. We were the popular crowd, and we were very well-known and had everything at our fingertips. Hey, but you became sexually active at what age? Fourteen. Fourteen. And, you know, I, I've talked, and I, and, and I want you to talk about this a little bit, but I, I have said to so many dads that are either harsh, rejecting, or absent with their daughters that they're setting them up to be picked off by the first male figure that comes along and gives them what they wish they were getting, which is acceptance and validation and, and told nice things. Um, mm -hmm. And you are walking, talking proof of exactly that dynamic, true? Oh, yeah. It's fatherlessness. That's what causes everything. Wow. Mm. Regardless of how you feel about talk shows in general or, or Dr. Phil specifically, you can't question the truth in that clip. Right? There's some real truth. Robbie, as you listen to that, what's, what's some of the things that come up in your heart as you listen to that? Well, as a father of two daughters and a granddaughter, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm. you're like, wow, you know, what is it that I need to make sure that I am giving my daughters to where they feel like they have that validation, that acceptance? I'm going after their glory. There's a lot of stuff there that looks really scary to me because I realize how easily that they, they can get picked off. Yeah. And Dennis, what about you? It makes me grateful again, uh, being a divorced father from a very early age of my daughter that my daughter and I did have a and still have a really strong relationship because I think a lot of those things she faced uh, we talked about we talked about those things in high school 
Uh, the other thing that struck me about this clip is it could just as easily be a guy mm-hmm. uh, talking about seeking the same ten- thing, looking for love in all the wrong places, as the song goes. Oh, absolutely, because it, it comes with acceptance and validation, mm-hmm. right? And it can come from different sources, but primarily that will come from the father, right? When you right. don't feel that from your father, you're going to look for that in other ways. And this is not a father bashing show. That's not what this is about. It's just recognizing the impact of a father, and if you're not a father, still stay tuned in because you had a father. And so we're going to continue to talk about that. If you grew up in a home that the dad was not there, you know, I'm very sorry. You've had good friends that talk about just the sadness of, you know, male friends that talk about not knowing how to call a girl to ask her out for a date, not having anyone to turn to and say, hey, dad, how do you even do this? Or how to tie a tie? You know, and some of those things that if you grew up in a household with a, with a dad there that did those things with you, you really have no concept of what that pain would feel like, you know, and how easy it would be to try to turn to some other place for validation. Well, even in, you know, I had a wonderful dad that was really engaged with me in a lot of different ways, but there's still places that I go, how come there's nobody to explain this to me? How come I didn't know how to walk through that? My, my father, although we were close, didn't really do it much when it came to women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was totally in the woods and and desperately looking for a father but it's also just as simple as gee dad how come you didn't tell me how to fix the lawnmower yeah. I, you know yeah. and how come i can't work through these these things we were looking for fathers yeah and, and it it may not be ever an intentional act by the dad you know i don't know what takes the fathers out of a home you know physically out of a home could it be death it could be divorce it could be the dad just couldn't handle things and took off right and there's all sorts of reasons that that happens but the, the turmoil and the, the collateral damage that's left behind is very consistent a lot of times. Yeah. When I was young, my dad was working two jobs because he had three young kids. Mm-hmm. So he, by necessity, was not around that much. And there are th- a lot of things that we missed out on. But he felt like, and we've talked about this over the years, he felt like he was doing what he needed to do at that time. Can't fault him for that, but there are a lot of things that we missed along the way. There is, you know, we talked a little bit about my story in the past and, you know, I grew up in a home where my dad was there pretty much until the time that I was 21 when he passed away. But at age 14, um, he had a stroke. And when he had the stroke, part of the the thing that it affected was his ability to talk. And so there was really no communication for that last seven years of any kind. Honestly, there wasn't a bunch before that. My dad was a good man. You know, I know he loved me and so forth, but I remember being so angry at 16 and having, you know, the, the alternator, that's back when you know, cars had them. I don't know if they still do or not. I'm not a car guy. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. Okay, but yeah, or generator. It was a generator. Maybe that's what they had. Wow, yeah, that was an older car. <laughs> well, I, was, I didn't have much money, so I had to buy the older cars. But, you know, being so mad that no one showed me how to do this. I know it's just a few bolts. I know it's just maybe a, a, a um, whatever it is. One of those things. A belt tensioner. A belt, thank you. <laughs> I'm not a car guy. Sounds no. like there's a car guy here. <laughs> there, it does. But I remember just feeling so angry that why wasn't there someone here to show me that? And I know my dad would have loved to have been there, but that didn't stop the enemy on the backside of that doing the damage that he does. And that's what we really hear from that clip from that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit off air and, you know, in all these things that where we take our brokenness, our woundedness, we have our own ownership in it, don't we, Robbie? Now, that's the part that I, do, I, I don't want to fall into that label of the reason why I, this behavior is because I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. I'm a victim, and so I really, you know, I didn't have a responsibility. So 
there's clearly a way that Jesus, that, that, that God's going to come after that and, and heal you and set the captive free, and you got to take a role in that. But it, it starts to a great extent with something you teach so well, Sam, is you've got a good heart. There's, there's a good yeah. structure there once you've got Jesus in it. Yeah, when you become a new creation in Christ, as it says in Scripture, that you know we do get a new heart, right? We're giving a heart of flesh, a heart that's alive, and it is a good heart. Right, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And we're going to talk about growing up in a home where the father was there, but not necessarily present in a lot of different ways and play a clip about that. And there's hope on the backside of that. You've been listening to The Masculine Journey. Come back, listen to us after the break. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to get more podcasts from past shows, to learn about upcoming events, including an upcoming Dove Camp. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Family Adventure this fall, September 5th through the 7th. It's Dove Camp specifically for folks who long for the fathering to learn how to hunt or perhaps just don't have a place to go. A camp because we'll be intense and that might be intense. A family adventure because the hunting is just a small part of this weekend. Like all Masculine Journey events, there'll be tons of food, great talks by both the men and women, naturally with great movie clips, and most of all, covenant of silence times. Specific times set aside for your whole family to hear from God. Even a movie Saturday night. Yeah, you know, I think the thing I'm most excited about with the Dove Camp is really learning how to shoot the 12 gauge that I got at Christmas. And so my kids and my wife and I all got guns for Christmas, and it looks like a great opportunity for us to get around some people that, that know what they're doing and really help us learn from them. Go register now at Mac. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Individuals $169 or your whole family for just $299. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Under the events page. A child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for I knew it And as he grew, he'd say I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man on the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when But we'll get together then You know we'll have a good time then Dennis, can you pass the tissues, please? <laughs> wow, that would I, you know, I can I've heard that song, you know, forever. It's been most of my life and a portion of Robbie's life. Yeah, that song. Some of it. Gary <laughs> Chapin, one of the great singer songwriters. Yeah, and that was a true story. A very sad story for him, right? And I listen to that, and what makes that so sad is honestly, if I'm going to be honest with myself, that could be my daughter's story. When I was a young mm-hmm. dad and really didn't know how to handle the pressures of being a dad and, and didn't know what that looked like to be successful at home, I knew what it looked like to be successful at work, right? And there's this whole justification of, well, I got to work to feed the family, and that's definitely true. But when I look back and I'm honest with myself, there's a part of that is, at least I know what to do here, mm-hmm. right? And so when I listen to that, it becomes very sad. Now, my daughters and I have a, a, what I believe to be a good relationship, but you, know, you look back and say, wow, I wished I would have known some things then that I know now. And that's probably that you, you do that your whole life, don't you, Vinny? Is that something that you do as you look kind of back and say, wow, if I only knew now or what knew then what I knew now, how things might have been a little different? I don't know if that could apply to me because I didn't see my father at all. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think that he was uh, a bad father. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was a different time. You know, when you're talking about the 
30s and 40s and the immigrants, they were all the same. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the word abuse meant. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm an old man and I think back and I say, holy mackerel, we were abused. Yeah. You know, uh, but the guy next door was abused. Right. His daughter, his children. Uh, I don't know. It's it's very hard to speak to this for me because of the time that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. You know, I see my mother being abused. You know, my father, what did he teach me? To clean the coop, to wash the car, to go and weed the garden. Yeah. But nothing else. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing else in them days. No television. You hear that? No television. So anyway, <laughs> and back you walked to, you, to buddy. school in your bare feet in the snow. How deep was it That's there in right. Manhattan? That's <laughs> right. See, Vinny, I have too much respect for you to tease you about your age, but Robbie, on the other hand, as much as I respect him, well, I'm not ashamed to say. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Me. You no, know the, the thing about this clip coming up, Sam, that really it spoke. It, it the clip hurts. Yeah. On a dot, lot of different levels, but it also gave me great hope of something we talk a lot about on this show on how people get caught into posing. But this clip comes from a movie called Big Fish. And it's about a son who really wants to find out about his dad. And his dad has been posing so strong for so long. He tells these phenomenal fish stories. Every time, every time he goes to talk, he, he has all this great big story. And the son is sick of the pose. And he wants to find out what's below the surface. And I, I think we can talk about that. There's a lot of hope there, Sam. You know about icebergs, Dad. Do I? I saw an iceberg once. They were hauling down to Texas for drinking water. They didn't count on there being an elephant frozen inside. The woolly kind, a mammoth. Dad. What? Am I trying to make a metaphor here? Well, you shouldn't have started with a question because people want to answer questions. You should have started with, the thing about icebergs is... Okay, okay, okay. The thing about icebergs is you only see 10%. The other 90% is below the water where you can't see it. And that's <laughs> uh, what it is with you, Dad. I, I, I'm only seeing this little bit that sticks above the water. Oh, you're only seeing down to my nose, my chin, my... Dad, I, ha I have no idea who you are. <laughs> because you've never told me a single fact. I've told you a thousand facts. Well, it's what I do. I tell stories. You tell lies, Dad. You tell amusing lies. Stories are what you tell a five-year-old at bedtime. They're not elaborate mythologies that you maintain when your son is 10 and 15 and 20 and 30. And I believed you. I, I believed your story so much longer than I should have. And, then when I realized, of course, that everything that you said was impossible, everything, I felt like a fool to have trusted you. You're like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny combined, just as charming and just as fake. You think I'm fake? Only on the surface, Dad, but it's all I've ever seen. Look, I'm about to have a kid of my own, and it would kill me if he went through his whole life never understanding me. He will kill you, huh? What do you want, Well, Who do you want me to be? Just yourself. Good, bad, everything. Just, just show me who you are for once. 
I've been nothing but myself since the day I was born. And if you can't see that, it's your failing, not mine. Well, it, as I heard that, you know, I thought about my own relationship with my father. Not that my father, you know, he was a car salesman, <laughs> like, like his son and his grandson. But more than that, my desire to know more of him and to get beneath the surface was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I thought about my relationship with my own kids and did they see only the ten percent above the waterline, and and do I get really deep? And I, I've been reading this book that that Sam recommended highly to me about called Wake the Dead by John Eldridge, and in there he had a phenomenal ep, a little exercise. He said, write down the things that you love. Just take a few minutes right now and write down the things you love. And I I said, I'm going to do that. And four pages later, of all these things, and I thought, wow, does my family, does anybody know I love all these things? (laughs) Do they know anything that's beneath the surface? Um, And and what would that mean for me to know of that, of my father? What would that mean for the people that long to know me? You know, one of the things... You guys know a little bit. I've been writing a daily devotional, I don't know, since 2003, something like that, that that goes out every morning through a variety of social medias, email and so forth. And I never really realized until Heidi had me put those together and see about putting them in a book that I'd often written about my children things Mm -hmm. that I'd never told them. The impact that they had made on me at different points in their life and, and sometimes impacts in my spirituality. You know, I remember a story of Eli, you know, guys getting home one day and it's, it's in the book, but you know, he's kept saying he's a real, real little four year old. who's saying, I got an imitation for you. I got an imitation for you. And I'm like, what, <laughs> I, what are you going to do? Like a duck? You know, I'm not really sure. It come to find out he was talking about a party invitation, you know, and it was a fake party. He was so excited, but you know, it really brought back to me, you know, seeing things through the eyes of a child, mm-hmm. You know, and the excitement, and and when was the last time I was that excited about my faith? You know, and to have this four-year-old, you know, just in his excitement, have me turn and look and say, wow, you know, but I could have very easily gone to my grave with that story never being told that one day he'll read, hopefully, and say, wow, that's kind of cool. I never knew I impacted my dad in that way. You know, and so, anyway, well, that's off topic, but you brought that up. it's completely on topic from my standpoint that... As we are looking at both, wow, what did we miss by not knowing our fathers? What can we give our kids for them to know us better? But even cooler than that, and that's cool. Believe me, that's real that's cool, cool. Is mm-hmm. how much is there about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that, that he wants to share with me if I will take the time mm-hmm. to read his book? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to have not just read his book, which is incredibly important, but try to have a relationship. Yeah. With him, it's just not this manual of you know read this and I'll see you in whatever number of years you know as the old joke says, but it, you know it's it's a way of life kind of thing, and that was really the enemy's plan, right? The devastation that you hear from a tragic, tragic thing like the statistics that we read, to the impact that the enemies used, regardless of our father's intention, the father's intention could have been noble, could have been great. The enemy twisted that and turned it, mm-hmm. right? And to make it be something different in our life to where it made a negative impact. 
that sought us to go to other places or to do things that we wouldn't probably normally do. And it's just called a right mind, mm-hmm. right? If we were really thinking with clear heads and, and full hearts. Um, but that's kind of sounds like the story in the garden of Eden. Doesn't a little bit, Robbie, does that remind mm-hmm. you of that at all? Or Dennis? Yeah, actually, absolutely. Satan came after them with the idea that dad, you can't trust dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you can't trust the guy. Yeah. And, um, uh, and dads, he wants to he wants to get between you and your children. He wants to get in the middle of that relationship and disrupt it the same way that he does with our heavenly Father, you know. And as one of our friends talks about, often Jesus came to be the way to the Father. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can have that type of relationship with our children. And as we talked about earlier, with all these stats that we've seen, uh, look what happens when you don't. Mm-hmm. But there's hope in that you can do that. And and that enemy can be overcome. We just have, but we have to fight that battle every day. It doesn't happen automatically. Every day we're going to have that battle. Every day I'm told that I don't need to talk to my daughter. Every day I'm told that I don't need to talk to my heavenly father. You know, I hear that all the time. Satan is going, ah, don't worry about that. But uh, not true. No, it's not. You know, and that was really his plan all along, you know, to separate us from the father and to get us to see the father's heart differently. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but when he went at Adam and Eve, the two original children, right, that we know in Scripture, it says, and, and he went after him with, you can't trust the heart of the Father. You know, he's holding out on you. He, you know, just doesn't want you to be like him, whatever it may work, whatever that spin is. And that was his original point. And then take that, you know, generations and generations later, and you have devastation in the home with people that really don't trust their father, and sometimes for good reason, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's been the plan all along to separate us from our Heavenly Father, to get us to see Him differently. Yeah, and Psalm 68, you know, is really a cool place where God says He's going to be a father to the fatherless, and He placed the lonely in families. That wow. He doesn't want us to be alone. Well, we're going to continue to talk about this topic uh, again next, next week as we visit this topic of being fatherless, and then how, how does God father you? How do you really walk in that? That's easy to say. It's not necessarily the easiest place to get to because there's a lot of things you got to use to deal with. A lot of things the enemy's laid on top of you. And we're going to go at that next week and get some new clips on it and, and talk about how you can find that life in the Father. If you'd like more information about upcoming events, we're going to be in Kernersville again in July. Later in July, we're going to have a Dove Camp coming up in September. You can listen to past podcasts at masculinejourneyradio.org. You can catch us on Twitter or on Facebook. Mashkin Journey Radio on Facebook and M Journey Radio on uh, Twitter. Thanks. Have a great day. <laughs>